All right, so every Tuesday on the show during football season, we spend the 10 o'clock hour, first couple of segments, I should say, recapping the the Brent Venables coaches show from last night. Uh, some good stuff on BYU. I, I, I hate just right out of the gates going into the next opponent, but I thought that um, I thought it was really good what he had to say about BYU and then the the question, the Rudy's anytime, anywhere question was about altitude. So it, you could start in there. Let's let's do it. Okay. Here's what Brent Venables had to say about BYU and what he's seen from a Cougar team that well, I think it's kind of obvious, even though they lost uh, Iowa State last week, you look at the schedule, they've played their best games at, ho- at home as opposed to on the road. They play really well at home. Yeah. Uh, they play really well at home. They've had a bunch of injuries starting at quarterback and at receiver. That's, you know, that's hurt some of their, you know, consistency. And um, they're, they're supposed to have everybody back. So just in time for the Sooners. So, um, you know, looking forward to going out there. It'll be a wonderful atmosphere. You've been there before? I, I've, my brother was in Salt Lake City, lived there for a little over a decade. So I've been there and I've driven through, driven through campus and whatnot. And, uh, and of course, we, we played them back in 2009. Jerry think, World. Yep, Jerry yeah. World. And then when I was at Kansas State, we played the Lavelle Edwards was, was still the coach. Steve Starkeesian was the quarterback. Oh, wow. Played the Cats in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, nice. So um, anyway, uh, great, great program. One of the most tradition-rich programs. Yeah. Um, they got an amazing following, a passionate fan base, and they take a lot of, lot of pride, you know, uh, the coach, former player there. And and uh, so, again, but this is this is about us and trying to get better, uh, trying to, again, have a, a really strong finish and put ourselves in a, you know, a position to I mean, maybe, you know, play for something. Yeah, you're in this um, thing. Yeah, we're, we're in it. So uh, I don't ever get ahead of myself. But, you know, I'm also trying to create vision for our guys so they really understand, you know, what is in front of us. And, and uh, so – you know, we've got a unique schedule here between this week and we turn right around and we play, you know, the next Friday. So we've got to do a really good job of getting our guys to the game and uh, but still getting our work in. And so uh, this late in the season, you're probably on the field a little bit less. You know, there's already a natural time to start pulling back some of the minutes per period. Uh, but this is a unique, you know, when we get back on Saturday uh, early evening and then We'll turn around and on Sunday we'll have it, we'll treat Sunday like a, a mental Monday, kind of like a day like today, and uh, you know, but we've got to be you know uh, handle that the right way so that we're not you know too much wear and tear on the guys, but we have to get our work in. I know every coach doesn't do this, but I've been around a handful that every game day is Saturday. Every game day is Saturday. So even if you play on – and I don't – Coach Stoops, I, I think he did this as well. Of course, we didn't have a ton of non-Saturday games. But – so in other words, your your Sunday is your Monday. Your Monday is your Tuesday. Yeah, you, you recalibrate things. Thank you. You don't, you don't lose a business day. Exactly. And I don't know – I don't know what that means for the coach's corner taping <laughs> – I thought about that, to be honest with you. We still tape Coach Corner on Monday? But I will say it's um, it's kind of cool. 
Steve Cragthorpe was the first one that introduced this that to me many, many moons ago. Tulsa was uh, playing on a Thursday night, and he came into the – excuse me, his press conferences were usually on Mondays. And he came in, and he was like, happy Wednesday, everybody, or something of that nature. And I'm like, what? What is he talking about? Every game day is Saturday. Now, I thought this was a really good question. Now, knock on wood, I've spent some time at altitude over the last couple of years, and honestly, it hasn't really affected me too much, knocking on wood. Brent Venables was asked, are you doing anything different? Is there concerns? How do you approach the altitude? How much of a difference does it you know, make? We're, we're, we're really not, not making a, a, a real big deal about it at all, you know, and, uh, you know, the team that's, you know, more prepared, the team that is more physical, the team that takes care of the football, you know, the team that does the little things better is a team that will win. And uh, the altitude don't have to have anything to do with it. Now, they will they try to make a big deal about it and spook people uh, <laughs> out. But, uh, you know, we, we need to get, go there and do the things that it takes to win games. And uh, if we do that, uh, you know, we'll be on the right side of it. Uh, are you of the opinion that, it's making too much out of it, or where does Josh Helmer stand on altitude and concerns about it? Because I, I really don't. I'm out of shape. I'm fat. Didn't affect me at all whenever I was walking around. And of course, I wasn't playing college football, but yeah, I don't think you spend a ton of time talking about it. I think logistically, you can, you know, make sure you've got oxygen tanks and, and this and that I, i'm setting myself up to get sick this weekend aren't i <laughs> i'm you setting know, myself up for me individually th- there's a definite altitude adjustment period you go to somewhere like denver right mm-hmm. uh so it's a real thing but uh for these incredible athletes probably it's it's not going to be a big factor and i i do think you can spook a team by talking too much about it so yeah i i wouldn't focus on it a lot you've obviously got the structures in place for it not to be a big factor for you um you know what it's it's funny it's funny because he almost made it seem like it's a mindset if you go in and in your mind you say it's gonna be different we had to do this to get ready i can be honest with you i I think that's pretty cool. Now, injuries. As we get away from Brigham Young University and we think about the University of Oklahoma, at least by my count, Gentry Williams, Desan McCullough did not play Saturday. We didn't see, obviously, Tyler Guyton. So there's three starters that were down Saturday. Danny Stutzman still coming along. Tawi Walker had one carry. So, uh, T-Row and Teddy asked about injuries. Desan, Gentry, Tyler, any updates on any of those guys health-wise? Yeah, Desan uh, practiced tonight, and Gentry went through uh, most of the things. And then who else do you say? Uh, Tyler. Tyler Guyton. Yeah, yeah. Um, he'll, I think he'll be um, good to go unless he had some kind of a setback here this week. Uh, he'll, he'll be um, good to go as well. I thought we can't play the cuts until Thursday. But Bill Biedenboe 
almost cracked a smile when talking about Jacob Sexton, Josh. He almost cracked a smile. Interesting. Do you want to know how much right tackle Jacob Sexton had played before Saturday? That week of practice. Really? Yeah. And they were hoping they'd get him back, I think, sooner than that. But Remember, but I just – because he's a left tackle. They've been working him at left tackle. And so even when he came back – and remember, he didn't go through spring with gotcha. the injury. And they flipped into the right, right side. Right. That, that makes sense. They flipped into the right side. Now, I didn't ask. I probably – there was a good chance for a follow-up. And Coach Beanbow it, – it's a show that I did with Gabe. So Coach is a little bit more loose with Gabe. So I probably should have asked. But I – but he said there was a couple of guys that were in that mix. And he's like, Jacob Saxon was just the best bet. And Gabe asked, he's like, well, had you worked um, Walter Rouse any at right? You know, just in case. Remember last year with Anton Harrison, they – I want to say even in the opener last year that, like, Guyton was at left tackle and Harrison was at right because DG being a left-handed quarterback and they were kind of moving guys around a bit. And Coach Beanbow said, yeah um, – because Walter Rouse wasn't available in the spring, it's just they he was their left tackle. So whenever he got there, they just started working on the things with him on the left side. Now, you still learn everything in that room. But I, I really feel like in a in a game where there were eight touchdowns scored by a quarterback, in a game where you're – and we're going to hear when we come back after the break, Coach talk about Drake Stoops. Drake Stoops had a career high for catches and – and and it had a little shoving match in the end zone, and you had to get chippy, and the crowd was amazing, and all the bad calls that people are complaining about. But it's almost like it got lost that you had a guy that played right tackle for the first time in his collegiate career against a pretty good defensive line, right? And outside of giving up one sack, held his own. Held his own. I don't know what Tyler Guyton's plans are next year. There's a lot of buzz about him going off to the league and OU having to replace its left and right tackle again next year. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, uh, you know, Caden Green, since he's since he stepped in at left guard, he looks really good, really good. And I think it's going to be – I think it's going to kind of be his decision, to be honest with you, Josh. You know, I think Bill Beanbow is going to say, here's what I think you should do. And I, I kind of felt like that just the the little bit of conversations we've had, and I think it's on the air, it's not off the air. It's like, hey, you know, it's, he's a left tackle, and that's what he came in. He's really good at guard, but, you know, you want to make sure guys are happy. It, it kind of made it sound like that if, he, if you're thinking 24, that, you know, you could have – Green maybe become that dude, that main state left guard, or he can probably shift out and be left tackle and sex in it right, or maybe vice versa. I don't know. Yeah, whatever it takes to get the best five. Right, but you just – it's wild. I know that this is getting way over my skis, and we still have two games left in 23, and a lot of things can go wrong. But even if Tyler Guyton decides, look at what these people are saying about me potentially getting drafted in the first round. I'm going to the league. I still think they're going to be pretty good at tackle next year, man. And I was a little bit worried even this year whenever Rouse came and immediately had the shoulder issue. So, And probably 
they can supplement a little bit. That might be a, a portal spot for Oklahoma. No, that's true. And Bill Beanbow a little bit in hey, the portal. Bill Beanbow has been fantastic in finding those guys in the portal. Right, three of your five starters in that offensive line right now are portal guys. Yep. And that's just that's the reality of it. Um, we talked about recruiting too on the offensive line. That I thought was really good. If you're if someone had asked the question, why? Why is it so hard to get good like star ratings on offensive, offensive linemen? linemen? And Bill Peedman goes, "Well, who's giving them the ratings? <laughs> who's rating them? I mean, he's like offensive line. It's really hard to to evaluate. I mean, you watch you watch a tape of some guy that has three pancake blocks. And you're like, oh, this dude is amazing. You got to watch like a whole game to see whether or not they're doing what they're supposed to sure. do. I can look great for three plays." Offensive line is different. Okay. Uh, and not to mention at the high school level, then accounting for who are you playing and, and trying to project. I mean, it's, ding, yeah, ding, it's ding. Not, not easy. So I, I'm, I got a little bit off, off the beaten path there, but in talking about injuries, Jacob Sexton steps in and plays well. You want Tyler Guyton back, but it also gets you excited about the future. And I still think Jake Taylor is a guy that's going to have a role on this offensive sure. line. And I think that Troy Everett is inevitably your starting center, right? I think he's going to be a, a dude that can be really good. And the kid they brought in from Colorado, they like a lot, but he's still got a lot to put on his Joshua frame. Bates. Thank you. Quick break. When we come back, uh, coach on Drake, coach on the defense. It's next right here on The Ref. Resetting the top news of the day. Number one. I don't know if Quinn Ewers is turning pro or not, but there's a report that he is. And then there's a report that he's still making up his mind. Do either one of those jive with what's really going to happen? I don't know. But this isn't usually the time where you start seeing these reports, right? Usually the time you start seeing these reports is like in like two weeks. So I just Timing of it is strange. Timing of it is odd. Timing of it. Did not uh, have it on the bingo card this morning that uh, Quinn Ewers we'd be talking about. Me neither. You're going to be coming oh, I, back to Texas. I didn't have it in the first segment. Are you kidding me? And that, that drop. The Broncos beat the Bills last night, who now sit at five in both teams. I think the, the Broncos are actually four and five. Four and five for the Broncos, Bills, five, five and, five, and five, five for the Bills. And I still think they're a legitimate factor in the AFC, but, boy, they are uh, making you have to question that a little bit. I just I mean it's that was a tailor-made get right situation for them. The NFL is I don't gamble, right? We talk a lot about our picks, but I don't gamble. Um outside of whatever I drive without a seat belt. <laughs> that was really bad. But I don't I, but the people that gamble in the NFL, how how do you do this? I Make it make sense that the 49ers can lose three straight games, three straight games. And then go house, route. house Jacksonville. Well, that one I can explain for you a little bit. Oh, okay. I'm all ears. Right? I mean, wasn't McCaffrey and a couple of other guys dinged up a little bit Debo along the way? Samuel. So, like, that one, okay, makes sense. But Buffalo? Makes no sense. I, yeah, I can't explain uh, why they're so bad right now. And credit to Denver, right? I mean, but – Here's the thing. How can Denver be so good? And how is that the same team that gave up 70, 70 to Miami? To the Dolphins. Raiders play the Dolphins this weekend. Sean Payton uh, starting to do a nice job. I had a dream last night that the Panthers won five straight games. I, I don't Keep control dreaming. my dreams. I know, right? I don't control my – because I, ha- I, 
I don't know. I, I think I fell asleep watching a, a college football game or maybe a college football show. But, yeah. All right, anyway, those are the stories we've been monitoring. Welcome into the Plank Show on a Tuesday. Josh, Brent Venables talking about the goal line stand. Just, this was fantastic. Just developing that discipline, physicality, attitude. Um, and you watched all those guys. How, how many times on those pitchers you saw the whole defense right there? And we've got a, a, a still pitcher. I would love it if anybody has it. But when I freeze the, 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 the picture of the – uh, of the video, and all 11 guys are at the ball. You talk about population at the ball. You want to talk about suffocating, you know, an opponent in the moment, just taking the life out of them. If you're on the road, you're taking it out of the stadium. If, if you're in that moment, the stadium is on fire. That sideline over there is dejected. And these guys feel like they're, you know, you know, just a bunch of monsters, you know. And, and there's this infectious energy that, you have to do it. I, the coach can't give them the infectious energy. They have to go do it. And this is a game of doing. And, and these guys have had some great moments. And that, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just. I'm promoting some some great moments and a, a body of work. And we're so far from still being where we want to be. And that's exciting to me. So there is a lot. There is a lot on the goal line stand in the defense. But I loved. I love the question that that Teddy asked. This is uh, from the Brent Venable Show. If you if you missed it and you don't want to wait for us to play a clip, you can listen to it. It's in in its entirety on the Sooner Sports Podcast right now. SoonerSports.com slash podcast. Teddy had asked about some of the younger guys looking out there defensively and seeing the Robert Spears Jennings, seeing the um, oh wow, the Bills just fired their offensive coordinator. <laughs> Ken Dorsey, done. <laughs> Breaking news, Ken Dorsey's been fired by the Buffalo Bills. Well, and oh boy, they're in the midst of uh, a mess right now, and you don't waste opportunities when you have Josh Allen playing you know, quarterback. It's, it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny because all the fans that were on the fire levy train a couple weeks ago and last week, I was like, oh, you don't fire offensive coordinators midseason. Uh, Ken Dorsey's been fired. Mike Irsich got fired. <laughs> It'll happen, sure, in the right situation. I saw Dan Orlovsky breaking down some film. Oh, I saw morning. you looking at that tweet. What did he say? I, I didn't hear what he said, but I just like watching the film myself. Josh Allen, I mean, look, Ken Dorsey, you got to do a better job, no doubt, but Josh Allen needs to play better. Mm -hmm. the, the route that Orlovsky was breaking down, I couldn't even hear what he was saying, and I could tell you there's two open throws that Allen doesn't see either one and instead throws it to a blanketed uh, player, right? So at some point there's got to be accountability for the quarterback, but enough on the Bills. Probably. Okay, okay, sorry. Uh, breaking news, Ken Dorsey out. All right, here's Coach talking about the young guy stepping up. You know, and you can keep going, you know, with guys that are, that are playing meaningful snaps. Yeah. And so that's what I told the seniors today. What I love the most is um, the maturity. Uh, again, just because we lost a couple of previous weeks doesn't mean we haven't been a mature team. You know, sometimes, you know, you, you know that's the game, you know, where you, you, you make some mistakes and the game punishes you for that. That doesn't mean you're not mature or even not necessarily focused made some mistakes and your fundamentals lap, lapse at the wrong time, bad stuff will happen. And, uh, but, but we've got a great blend of um, experience, but uh, this really uh, innocent group of young players that they love to play and love to compete. And they're making the older guys better. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, but it's also been a great synergy. You know, our our older guys have really embraced them and helped them grow up and and uh, mature and come along. We're gonna. All right. Um, I want to go all in on how this Oklahoma Sooner team pre- uh, performed against a really, really good offensive line. And I know whenever you win a game and you have that kind of success, it suddenly becomes, oh, I thought that offensive line was supposed to be good. Miguel Chavis was on Coach's Corner yesterday. He said, it's the most nerve-wracking 40-point win I've ever had. Really? Yeah. He's like, you guys, I'm so happy with the way that we played, but what they put on film, that was – a really good West Virginia was, offensive line and Neil, in his mind. And, and Neil Brown felt like he had his best team he ever had coming in here. So here's what, what Brent Venables had to say about the defense. It's one of the best offensive lines we've seen this year. Yeah. And uh, experience, toughness, physical. They had given up the uh, maybe the fewest uh, uh, disruptive plays, uh, sacks, tackles for loss, things of that nature of any offensive line group that we had played against all year. And uh, so they were playing really well and uh, really felt like we got after them up front. And and so – and I just saw, again, attitude and I saw physicality uh, that, you know, that when you know it, when you see it, you know it when you don't. And you're really when – you, when you like it, you know, and then that's what you're all about. You want to build a program on, on that as a football team, just the, the physical and mental toughness, you know, that's uh, – that gets you – you know, I get you jacked up, man. That's that, that's how that's how you should play. Yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. All right. Um, let's see. Where was the other one? There was one more that I wanted to get here on defense. Yeah, the um, yeah, it was just in general on the defense and how they had played on on Saturday against West Virginia. Uh, somewhere in here is my favorite quote that I heard all night last night, and it was Brent talking about. You know, our teaching tape is going to be this team. You know, it's no longer going back and saying, hey, look at look at Cleve Farrell and Dexter Lawrence and how they're doing it at Clemson. It's, hey, watch how we did this last year, which I think is pretty cool. You know, we've had multiple moments like that. We had another turnover on downs earlier uh, in the game mm-hmm. at midfield uh, that was outstanding, and then we – uh, we muffed the punt in plus territory, and we go three plays, knock them backwards, and you know make them kick, kick a field goal, and they missed it. And those are those are three real you know critical moments in the game where they had a little bit of hope, and we just took it from them. And I say that humbly, uh, respect, but I'm I'm looking at us, and I'm looking at the moment, and then I'm looking at what we're trying to build. And those are moments uh, that that you remember the the goal line play against Oklahoma State, mm-hmm. you know, things like that, you yeah. know, that that's how you build your program on the right stuff. You know, it's not just hoping and talking and trying to just to create vision and trying to sell that. We've got some real things that we've accomplished so far this year that that validate everything that you've been trying to, to yeah. build, what you say, how you practice, you know, what you work for is what, you know, we've watched plenty of video, not much of Oklahoma going into the year some some of Oklahoma of past we have plenty of that but maybe maybe a lot of Clemson stuff where I came from that we're trying to sell this is this is what we're trying to 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 get it to look like and after this year we're gonna we're gonna be able to sell it's gonna be all Oklahoma 
you know, and I, I, I love that. I just, and I'm proud of the guys that, it, you know, the work that they put in, um, the development that's taken place. But just over the last year, I, I, Stutzman, he doesn't track the good. puller and stay inside yeah. a year ago. Like he ran that. outside of him because he, yeah. well, he thought the ball was going to go there instead of saying, I'm supposed to be inside the block. Tied. I'm supposed to knock him butt, his butt backwards. Right. You know, I got two guys outside. You know, we, you know, I, you know, I literally told him that at practice today, quit try, don't, don't try to find the ball. Get your butt in your gut. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's kind of cool. And I, I don't know the best way to explain it, except I've been. I've been blessed to be around Ted for, what, 13 years probably now in my life. And this is really the the second full year that I've been able to hang with, with Brent Venables. It's wild to hear them talk football and how it's almost as, as if after 13 years hanging out with Ted and then being around Brent Venables is like, oh, okay. Now that, that, that's, there it is. It's. There's the teacher. There's the there's the um, Jedi. There's his Padawan. You know what? I mean, it's like literally. And I'm sure I screwed up a Star Wars reference. Sorry, but it's just it's amazing to see Brent talk and then hear Ted talk, and you're like, yeah, okay, I can, I know where you learn from. It's like the first time I listened to Stern after listening to the Rush. I was like, oh, that's where Teddy gets that from. Sure. That's exciting stuff, right? To hear Brent talk. Listen, our our tape when we're showing our guys, it's gonna be Oklahoma. That's it, cool. It means there's been legitimate progress, which we knew, Absolutely. right? But uh, to hear the head coach confirm that is is pretty exciting. And you know, football is a complex game, but uh, it's also a simple game. If you do your job, mm. stay in your gap, don't break contain. I mean, keep contain. All of a sudden, uh, good things are going to happen, right? Trust, trust that Coach Venables and this defensive staff, they've given you the toolbox. They've given you the tools. Use the tools. Yeah. Follow the script. And this this defense obviously has done a much better job of that. All right. Quick break. I agree. What do you say we uh, we hit some text when we come back off the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line? And then we'll wrap up the hour hearing Coach talk about Drake Stoops. I mean, we're out early for the Brent Venables press conference. But I like listening back, and I like being able to react to the the coaches' show stuff, and I'm glad that we get to do that. Uh, so more Drake coming up in a bit, but your text next. Plank Show, we're back with you. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Uh, not too awfully far away, tick-tocking down to the weekly Brent Venables press conference where he'll preview the trip out to Provo. Crazy, but yes, it is in fact a conference game against BYU. This hour of the Plank Show, it's brought to us by Allison Insurance. Give Bob and Robert Allison a call, 405-745-2968. Let them help you find the needs to best fit you and your office for insurance. Allison Insurance, they've been helping you and your family for over 60 years. That's allisoninsurance.com. To the text line we go. That is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Nick says, that wasn't the first or second goal line stand, right? That was actually the third, but the one during the UCF game, we got the unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. Am I right in thinking that there? So Texas, UCF, West Virginia. He's right. And they got the Canick stand over the player. But if I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, the Canick play was on third 
third down. So that would have meant they saw a fourth down. Kansas, they basically had one too. Uh, not now. I'm, now I gotta go look. Okay, what's next? <laughs> I think it was on third down. Don't you guys? Don't you dare text in. I'm gonna find this one out for myself. I think it was on third down. It, no, it was it, oh. in in the UCF game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it, they, they were gonna either go for it on fourth and goal or force him into kicking gotcha. a field goal. Okay. All right. Thank you, Nick. So not you're not wrong. Neither are we. <laughs> Where do you want to go next? Sooner. Soldier. I used to be stationed in Draper, Utah, which is right outside of Salt Lake City. But anyways, uh, or yeah, but anyways, enjoy that uh, landing flying into Salt Lake because of the mountains. The wind shear makes for some wild landings. Enjoy. Why are you doing this to me, Sooner Soldier? Do you not understand that Plank is uh, Why are you he's fragile when it comes to Now, flying? here's here's the good news. There's some good news here. Okay. Thanks to my time with Coach Gasso and the Oklahoma Sooner softball team, uh, I've flown into both Denver and Salt Lake City. Denver a lot. Salt Lake City a handful of times. I think twice in Salt Lake City. And you're right. It sucks. But I'll be, uh, I'll be prepared. Do you think anyone would have a problem if I brought a flask with me on the flight? Of course not. <laughs> uh, uh, Joe C. Jaeger? It's the only thing that knocks me out before we hit the landing. Jaeger. We were we were having a conversation the other night. Uh, I think it was my brother brother in law, my brother in law Matt Wells, and uh, <laughs> Matt Wells is the assistant coach. Matt Walls, and he's like, "Do you ever have those drinks that when they're brought up, you still it it like makes you feel some sort of way? It's almost like you swallow and you can taste it." If you've made the poor choices that you and I and others have oh. made, how could you not? Like you say, Goldschlag. <laughs> I know. I've, I've got a couple, unfortunately. The girl, my, my new favorite. Well, I have a new favorite tweet that I still haven't shared with you yet because I don't want you to judge me. But I, I, I would never do that. I think my new favorite reel is the girl that says, I thought it was a lemon drop. I didn't know it was to care. <laughs> <laughs> She's trying to hold it in. Took care. But, yeah, thanks, Sooner Soldier. I appreciate that. <laughs> Boy, that is a, a large departure if you're thinking you're getting a lemon drop shot and all of a sudden <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah. you know, uh, especially if it's uh, a bottom shelf ligger. All right. All right. Let's, do you want to get that one from Nebraska in here, too, real quick? I think that's good. Out of the 402, Bob lost 9-0 season is 18 years. Didn't matter. What coach or players that left? Oh, you almost always had a top ten offense. That's a good point. I mean, it, we are in a little bit of a different era, though, with the portal. So that's the, the expectation will not change for Oklahoma. They they will expect and should expect to score a bunch of points, <laughs> but generally speaking, uh, you'd like to retain good talent. My. Uh... My guy Potter checked in and said the four horsemen in the flask. Have you ever had a four horseman before? Yes. I think I've only had it once, Potter, and I think it was with you. Uh, Dustin Potter, not to be confused with Jacob Potter, my boss. I would like to see Jacob Potter show up on the fly. He's like, got some four horsemen in this flask. You could ask Potter how many times I've accidentally texted him something for Jacob. Be like, dude, I'm running a little bit behind. Or, man, I'm here super early. What do you need from me? Or can you help me with this? I need you to stop texting me. P- Potter would be like, yeah, I'll, I mean, if you if you want to hang, I'll come right on down. Let's go. <laughs> Sorry. 
Uh, and then I like this from Leatherneck sooner real quick. It's fascinating how coaching and player trees wind through college football. Oh, I mean, I, I was I was doing this with Jay for some reason, and I, and I don't think Coach would mind me uh, laying this out. But uh, uh, Jay Vali, he's he's a co-defensive coordinator, right? Now I don't I don't know what that entails in uh, Coach Venable's scheme or our system, but he's very highly thought of. But you just think of Jay since he started coaching. He's been at Georgia, Rutgers, Texas, Alabama, and now Oklahoma. I mean, if a guy gets plucked off one of those staffs, I don't know how else to put this. I mean, I've only spent you know a limited amount of time with that guy. But watching him coach and being around him in the limited time I have, I mean, bro, I'm calling him. You're like, what do, you, what, do you, what do you need? I'm going to A&M where I'm going here, and, and I want you to be with me. So it's tough. You know, it, it's it's tough to keep good assistants around. That's a good point, Leatherneck, sooner because it's like, oh, we got this. Well, if, if Lebby goes somewhere and gets a head coach's job, I mean, you don't think Joe John Finley's a guy that he would want to take with him? With their tight relationship? There's a good chance, yeah, you'd have to replace multiple but, staff members. Now, now, again, I'm saying all of this. In, in in the end, that's what you want with a great program. You want your program to be at the, at the place where it's getting your coordinators hired other places and it's getting your assistant coaches taking head coaches jobs. So I'm not complaining about it, but just when the coaching cycle starts up as it has early, it's kind of cool to hear those names brought up. You don't want them to leave, right? You don't want them to go anywhere, but it, it lets you know you're hiring the right people. Which job would Jeff Levy prefer? Head coach, Arkansas, Mississippi state. Is he being mentioned for Arkansas? Well, I think I, you know, I've Bro, I've I, heard that floated around a couple of times. I probably now they'd it'd have to be a vacancy. Now I'm boss. Well, they love Sam. They love Sam Pittman. Play that dang jukebox. But we're not in a world where you can allow a team to have two wins and stick around and lose at home to BYU. Um, <laughs> they were chanting "Free Jim Harbaugh" at MSG last night. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. He's not in jail, people. Um, I'm real big on working with people that I know and like. So if I were Lebs and Mississippi State calls, I think that's a phone I would have to pick up. Uh, Sheree, isn't it a federal offense to open your own alcohol on a flight? I'm not here for your laws, Sheree. I don't know what you're trying to do to me right now, but... The I live by my own rules. <laughs> by the way, I was joking. I think, too, I, I, I think it's okay if you're spooked of flying. Listen, I I feel like, much like Drake Stoops, whenever you make a play like he did, scoring a touchdown, and you make a run like that, you should be allowed to spike the football. I feel like when you're a paranoid flyer, you should be able to get away with just about anything you want to do. It's a good point you're making. If you're West Virginia – and you demonstrate that poor of tackling around the goal line. That's right. You deserve to have the football spiked on you. That's right. It just dims the rules. But I would like to go ahead and point out, I appreciate you looking out for me. 
I'm joking. I wouldn't risk that. <laughs> I like my job way too much. S-E-C. S-E-C. That was hilarious. That was hilarious. And <laughs> you see, I didn't see it. I heard Toby mention it, so I had to go, look, the, the, I like Jenny a lot. The rules police. Jenny Carlson on Twitter. Oh, she looked just terrible with that tweet. <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing? Just go. We're having fun. You do not have fun at a game. These are the rules, and you do not do that. No, it's it's not like everybody's you know, put in countless down. hours to celebrate an athletic achievement. <laughs> and I, I like Jenny, but that just was so bad. Yeah. Um, oh, geez. So much for breaking right on time. It's 1048. When we come back, Coach on Drake on the ref. All right, we need to – we need to give some time here to pay tribute to Drake Stoops. Here's what Brent Venable said when Toby asked a very simple question. How about Drake Stoops? He's pretty special. And he's, you know, he's kind of a, a quiet assassin and doesn't say much. He's always been about his business. And, uh, but you, you come to a practice, you know, he's as tough of a player as we have. And I said, you know, He's not looking to, to start nothing with nobody, but he don't take crap from anybody. And um, he loves to play, loves to compete, loves to work. He knows right from wrong. Uh, he's got an edge to him. And um, we see the edge. We watch him play. And, um, you know, he's just a, a fantastic football player, but he's the epitome of toughness and reliability and dependability. And, uh, you know, he was amazing, you know, the other night. And uh, he's really continue to work on his craft and as he's you know gone through his career all he's done has gotten better and better and better and he, he makes the most of his opportunities and uh you know he's always doing the little things right and it's an easy thing to take for granted uh, but he's super super precise with so many of the things that he does and how to set guys up and you know we do a lot of option concepts you know where the player has to make the decision and then the quarterback has to read it in a timely way based on what coverage is or leverage the defenders work in you. And there's a margin for error there. I'm on defense. I don't like to give margin for error to them. I don't want them to come to the sideline and, and we had a, some kind of a failure and for him to say, well, I thought. And I'm like, well, quit thinking. You know, you're supposed to do this. And so I don't like a lot of well, hey, if they do that, we do this. And if they do this, we do that. No, here's what we're doing. And they need to adjust to us. Well, our system is set up in such a way that it, it can put you, if you got good, smart players, um, it can put you in a really competitive advantage uh, a lot. And, uh, and Drake's a guy that really understands the game and spacing and leverage and route running, a lot of little stuff that, uh, technical things that really good players uh, possess. But you know, I, I love, you know, he's got such a great uh, perspective about what's going on around him. You know, he's not naive in any way. And some of that's, okay, well, it's, he's a coach's kid. Whatever that means, that's a pretty broad term. And uh, I think that's a discredit to who he is and who he is as a young man, who he is as a leader, who he is as a teammate, um, and, uh, and how he's developed all the work that he's put in to, to, to put himself in this position. But, you know, I, I, the question, I don't, I'm paraphrasing, but we, we showed it to the team because when when I, I, I heard it, I think Mike Houck maybe showed it to me, I'm like, the, he's speaking for everybody. If you got anything about the right stuff in you, that speaks for everybody, coach, player, everybody. And it's like, well, who's everybody? 
everybody's saying, Drake, you, I, I'm sure many of you have seen the video by now. Who's everybody? <laughs> How about these last two weeks, man? Uh, he's been incredible. Incredible. Let, let's just round up 300 receiving yards, ton of touchdowns. And, uh, well, I mean, clearly Oklahoma's best uh, pass catcher the past two weeks. Yeah, absolutely. All right. That's our recap. If you want to hear anything else from the Brent Venables Coaches Show. Where can they go? Soonersports.com slash podcast. Or, Josh, search Sooner Sports Podcast, however you consume podcast, Or simply download this hour of the podcast when we're done. I did that the other day. It's very easy. It's like you don't, you don't miss anything. Now, I want you all to listen live. Apparently, that's a big deal. But I wouldn't mind having the most listened to podcast here on the station. I think we got some work to do, so let's get after it. I'll promote it more on Twitter.com or X.com or whatever we are. Yes. Yeah. Um, when we come back, before the top five stories of the day, I don't know if this is – I asked Tyler. Um, I, I didn't get to listen to Ted yesterday. So I don't know if this is a Ted theory or if this is a Patrick theory involving the Texas A&M head coach's job. Uh, and let me see. I was looking for the latest odds. All right. Sports line. Because True Sooner's like, did you see where – Brent Venables had the best odds to be the A&M coach. Uh, I did not. <laughs> I haven't seen that anywhere. There's no way he's going to A&M. According, Zero. To, uh, according to Sportsline odds makers, the odds on favor right now is actually Jeff Trailer. He and Mike Elko at plus 300 with Washington coach Caleb DeBo- or Caitlin DeBoer at plus 500. Hmm. Plank show right here on The Ref.